I'm ready to you say the hello thing because you can hear the music, right? So you know when to say hello. That's true. I, I hit start streaming right now, though. So oh, for anyone who's uh, listening, <laughs> yeah, welcome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. You're showing them how the bread's made. Oh, fuck. My one penny per year. Hang on. Let me get that file. Ready? Here we go. Three, two, one. Uh-huh. It's thinking about it. Come on, it's only 300, 300 kilobytes. How bad could it be? Welcome to All the Way Down, episode 12, everyone. Uh, I am your host, Invictus Knox, and I am here with my co-host, Dash Retro. How you doing, Dash? I'm fine. I'm still frozen in time, though, apparently. You know, I, some I need people, you to save me. Some people say it's better to be that way, but... <laughs> I am doing well. It's, uh, I, I, yeah, yeah. I've been playing games all day and, you know, feel, feeling good. Awesome. Well, not all day. I had to work, you know. I did the usual thing. Gotcha. I, I did the same. Um, tonight's an interesting topic because for those who haven't seen, uh, in my Discord, we were talking about, uh, well, not talking about, finding out rather that you, well, I knew this, was, a, you're mostly like a Nintendo person. Um, yeah, but I didn't know just how little experience with Sega stuff you've had. So, what is your extent of actual like Sega gaming in general? Uh, so growing up, my grandmother had a Sega in like a. I didn't even know this for a while. I had um my grandparents on one side of my family. They had an NES, right? And it was out. And we when when we were there, we played NES, and it was great. Uh, my other grandma or my other grandparents were like the boring grandparents, you know? Um, and, and so, uh, at, at some point though, I found out in their house that there was like a Sega in a drawer and I was like, all right, well, I guess this is close to Mario. Um, you know, so they had a Sega with, I don't know if they had Sonic, but I believe they had Clay Fighter. They had oh like a my. Clay Fighter game. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's well, hang on. Uh, Clay Fighter uh, for Sega. Yeah, because Clay it was... Clay Fighter to me is N sixty four. Am I am I fucking that up? Well, there was Clay Fighter sixty three and a third for N sixty four. Yeah, but there was a Clay Fighter on Sega also. Oh my god! Yeah, um, the original Clay Fighter. It was on SNES as well as Genesis. I thought it was just on SNES. Yeah, so I played that a little, a little bit, but you know, I wasn't really all that good at it. There was a guy named like Ichabod Clay, though, or something. You know, he was pretty <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, I, um, you know, I, I, I've played some Sonic the Hedgehog, and I've played a little bit of that. Uh, and then at some point, my brother got a Genesis, and I played a pretty little amount of castlevania bloodlines which was sweet and then i actually beat contra hardcore that's contra hardcore is the one sega game that i have like played all the way through and i've actually like i played it and i liked it and i was like hey this is pretty good and i beat it because i liked it right that's the one sega game okay as um, a kid though uh this went I probably played through Contra Hardcore more like, I don't know, four or five years ago. Okay, okay. Um, 
And then the the Bloodlines was probably like 10 years ago that I played that. And then everything else was when I was a kid. Uh, so yeah. You, so you went to your grandparents to play Ca- Contra Hardcore and Castlevania Bloodlines? No, those okay. were a little bit later when my brother got a Genesis. Oh, Jesus. Sorry. I missed that one detail. I was like, dude, what? Uh, yeah. What kind of grandparents <laughs> did you have? Jesus. That was awesome. If so. Uh yeah, no, they just had Clay Fighter. I think it was my cousins or something, and yeah. then it ended up at their place or something. So yeah, I don't have much Sega experience. Um, I I never really liked Sega all that much, like uh, because here's let me let, let's talk more like here instead of like what was my experience. Instead, it's like all right, so Sega to me. I've never liked the controller, and that's always been just a huge, huge thing. Wow. Uh, where, like, the, um, I don't know. Like, I played Contra Hardcore, and I really liked that game, right? However, the controller doesn't have shoulder buttons. So when you play something like Contra 3, which I played a lot more of, you can hold a shoulder button to stand in place and then shoot all around you, you know? And that's, like, super important. In Contra Hardcore, you can do the same thing, but there's no shoulder button. Instead, it's, like, you have to, like, hit A to switch between, like, sticky and not sticky mode, you know? What, so okay, it's like so a t- I'm actually a huge Contra noob. I, I, what is sticky mode? As in, like... So let's say you want to shoot diagonally up and right, but you don't want your character to be running right because you're holding right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like your D-pad left and right moves you and then down ducks and that kind of thing. But also your character shoots in the direction that you're aiming the D-pad. So if in in situations where you want to be aiming but not moving... You know, on on Super Nintendo, you just hold R, right? But on Genesis, you have to, like, move your thumb off of the shoot and jump buttons to hit a toggle button to turn it on and turn it off. So it's like, eh, you know, just stuff like that. I'm just not, you know. Well, okay, so let me ask this. When you played that, did you use the Genesis 6 button or the 3 button controller? I believe... I, I don't think it matters. Yeah, I was going to say, did it not matter? I, I've never played it, so I was going to say, they, the Genesis has one, um, I think there's one like corner button on a few Genesis controllers. I can't remember which one that was. Yeah, but... it says mode, I think it's called. Yeah. I don't know what that does. So that's on the six-button controllers, I want to say. That's what allows you to in-game. That was Sega's way of retroactively making sure that... Um, if you had a six-button controller on a game that was designed for a three-button controller, I want to say, you could uh, hit that button and it would turn it into, like, I would change something with the actual functionality. I'm butchering this concept entirely, but, um, yeah, it's it's made to essentially make, make sure the new controllers are backwards compatible, I want to say. Oh, okay. Or so, yeah, to make like, it there's a, that. Sorry. Contra Hardcore is a sweet game, though, but uh, but, like, okay, so the big Sega game, right, is Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm. I've never liked Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, you know, I don't know. I just, I hate the way it controls, the way that, like, it feels like it takes just way more effort to get up to speed and stuff. And I think and, you have a uh, very, you have very fair, uh, if that was your intro to Sonic, I think it's very fair that you dislike that. Because, in my opinion, Sonic the Hedgehog is before they figured out Sonic. Um, oh, yeah? I've never played Sonic 2. 
but my first Genesis game was a was Sonic the Hedgehog 3. So they had basically figured out the whole go-fast 2D platforming uh, element by this time. And from what I hear of a lot of people, they say Sonic the Hedgehog 2... They say that's they say that's the game that everyone says is the best, but actually three is the best. It's like a little bit underrated. Anyway, um, okay. when I beat Sonic One, it felt like Sonic was in a Mario game, and Green Hill Zone was a cool demo enough for you to go, oh look, I can dash, I can go fast, I can go around this loop to loop when I catch full speed. Maybe I should just keep this uh keep this running start thing a uh, a uh, thing. Um. And when you jump and you hit things, well, that doesn't count as a, a speed penalty. That actually, you know, will get you an item or et cetera. But my God, the level design in the first Sonic is straight up Mario wannabe. And its mechanics aren't, it, it is, uh, it's, I don't know how else to say it other than it's, a, it's, it's Sonic in a Mario game, which is not how it should be. Um, Right. Yeah, like Green Hill Zone, I agree. Green Hill Zone is pretty fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's like, you see the loops, you see the, like, there's like the tunnels that you through, you know, and uh, the music's pretty good, and a lot of the sound effects are pretty pleasing, you know, um, and like there's that that cliff that when you land on it, it breaks apart and stuff, and you're yes. like, okay, okay, this is like 16-bit platforming, it's pretty cool. Um, but then, yeah, you get to Marble Zone and it's just instant trash. And I've never like, uh, <laughs> pretty much, I, yeah, I've never, I've never like played, or I, I, I don't think I've beaten the game. I might have, but I don't. No, it's I, not hard. I don't, I don't remember if I've beaten it, but I didn't, I didn't particularly like it. Um, so then, yeah, and, and I, I never paid any attention to Sonic Two or Three. So after that, I'm thinking like, okay, then there was like Sonic Adventure on Dreamcast, which everybody acts like is a good game but i I've, I've i've looked at it and i'm telling you that game looks straight up garbo all just right. icky garbo all right all right i'm not gonna sit here and take that just kidding uh, sonic adventure is not as good as i thought it would, was gonna be um and i beat sonic adventure i want to say last year on stream and it was because i wanted to see where the pinnacle of 3d sonic is and i think everyone kind of agrees that sonic adventure is generally where you'd go to get that you're not going to go for sonic 3d blast um you're not going to go for whatever god what did that, i think that i think they had like a weird project for the saturn that never panned out um but it was it was the dreamcast where 3d sonic really took hold and i will say the intro to the game where it goes for the first couple of seconds i want to say you're actually like 2d and then it shifts you into a 3d version of sonic being honestly it's kind of weird how it works a lot like sonic adventure sonic the hedgehog one where it's like the first level is like a a beautiful great tech demo you're gonna have fun it's like oh shit this is a little clunky but you know it's this era of 2d at the time you really wouldn't have known the difference um as, as general like platforming goes but sonic adventure once you got through it um, I'll say this. Once I beat it with Sonic, I had no desire to go through and beat it with all the other characters. Uh, it's, it, I played it on the GameCube, so I didn't play the Dreamcast version. I played the DX version with the GameCube controller, and honestly, that game made me like the Dreamcast controller. Not going to go too far into that, but yes, I, I think you are right from your experience. You are right probably to not like Sonic or in general, a Sega stuff, like a Sega yeah. in general, but if that's right, your experience. 
like then we do we don't even need to get into like Sonic 06 and all that shit mm. like you know to me Sonic has always just been like just a straight up embarrassment for for video games but I've not played Sonic 2 and 3 so maybe those were the two good ones and because we got two good games we are now all doomed to a lifetime of embarrassment of what Sonic has become. Uh, and so thank God we got two good games. Anyway, anyway, back to the Genesis. Yeah, we don't need to talk about Sonic anymore. Go ahead. So so I've owned a Genesis now for a while. I, I went out and bought one like a couple years ago, um, but I, I didn't get any games, and I've never bothered to get any games for it, so it's just been sitting there with no games. But I finally got a couple games because the thing is... I already beat Contra Hardcore, right? I'm really into Contra, so I've already played through Contra Hardcore. The other thing is I'm really into Castlevania. Mm. So the thing is, now that I've played all the Castlevanias up to and including Rondo of Blood, the next one, the next Sonic game that was, or sorry, Castlevania game that was released is Castlevania Bloodlines. Uh, so now it's finally time for me to fire up the Genesis and play some Castlevania Bloodlines, and I'm really excited about it. You know, I think that uh, as far as I know about Castlevania controls, I don't think that the um, controller should be any issue for me, really, and yeah, I'm excited about it. I think I think a lot of the problems, um, I, I, sh I should say this, I think the Sega Genesis controllers, uh, well... <laughs> Let me preface it. I think anything versus the SNES controller already has one of the worst jobs ever to try and, and accomplish. Um, but I will say that the Sega Genesis controller, three button and six button, honestly, I would even go a little bit further as to say that the three button is more ergonomic uh, than any controller of that generation. More uh, so. On your hands? <laughs> no, in my feet, actually. But when I <laughs> when I well, when I'm, I'm holding... questioning it because I'm like, well, it's it's definitely not comfortable in your hands. So what the fuck are you talking about? Okay, so all right, big <laughs> disagreement here. I have big fucking hands, so maybe that might contribute to it. But I love the three button controller because it is simultaneously less complex and more complex than the SNES controller in terms of like what you can do. More complex in that. Games didn't really seem to understand right away the best kind of way to have a one row set of three buttons that one finger would be touching, um, namely your thumb. And when they're all in the same row like that, you'd kind of generally think they're the same priority. Streets of Rage 1, worst offender of all um, that I've encountered. You go through, you have your normal attack, you have your special attack, or you, you have your jump, you have your attack, and then you have your special attack. Your special attack by default is A in that button, or in that game. Um, you can change it around to be C or B or whatever. You, you can move it around in the options, but like default, you're wasting your ultimate attack way early every time, almost all the way, all, all the time in like a fight that you didn't mean to hit the button on. Um, yeah, because in Streets of Rage, your special is like a once per level kind of thing, right? I think I think it's once per life, so you can use okay. it one time every time you've uh, you're you're alive, no matter what level you're on. But yeah, it's insanely frustrating when you use that when you were trying to save it for the boss. Um, that mm -hmm. I, I I agree with, but stuff where it's a little bit more simple, just like platforming or Sonic, I was just like flying through shit as a kid. Um, 
I didn't have a Super Nintendo ever, but I had a daycare where I played as much as I could on it. Um, I, I've, I've owned Sega and Nintendo stuff all my life, but like I, I liked my Sega Genesis a lot. Um, Sega games? I can't recommend uh, Contra Hardcore, A, because I heard that game is fucking insanely hard, uh, and I never, I never played it. But I, when, I, when I think of Sega games, I think of something immediately more so than the games about why they feel so different and that's the audio i don't know how you feel about the audio of sega genesis games but they have a very unique sound to them i want to say it was a yamaha sound chip that the the sega genesis uses on board it creates a very kind of like lo-fi midi kind of sound whereas the snes sound chip will give you not better or worse, but different, very different. And I would honestly argue a little bit closer to an accurate representation of what a video game should sound like. It's just Sega Genesis had such a unique different sound that Mm -hmm. audio being half the fucking experience, uh, you have an entirely different concept of with the experience. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I like how Genesis looks and sounds generally uh, as far as Mm -hmm. the games go. Um, and you know, if I do have one criticism of the Super Nintendo, I do think that the sound is like the weakest point of the Super Nintendo. Uh, a lot of the sound is a little muffled sounding, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, uh, Genesis is like, right. It, it, it's got that going for it. That's kind of what I'm excited about with, with Castlevania. And I, I remember Contra, um, looking really really good uh there's just it, it being able to handle quite a bit going on on str- on on screen and such uh and yeah it, it was a hard game contra games are generally very very tough uh and that one was that one was no different one thing I, I, that's that's really interesting about that one compared to the other contras is there is a character select so reg normally in contra you're either arnold schwarzenegger or sylvester stallone you know and uh you know, you're just a big muscly beefcake, and then all of the power-ups or like the different guns are just like dropped at different points in the levels, right? There's like things that fly across and they drop a different weapon for you, and you can choose which one you want, and if you die, you lose it, and yada yada. It's like a Castlevania in, sub-weapon. Uh yeah, like like the sub-weapons. Mm-hmm. Um in cast or in uh Contra Hardcore though instead it's like there's four playable characters uh except one of them is a fucking werewolf wearing sunglasses (laughs) and denim jeans uh so there's really actually just one playable character because why would you play as any character that's not the werewolf wearing sunglasses and jeans um but anyway so there's four playable characters and they all have four unique weapons uh that are just a b c and d i think uh so that's kind of neat you know the way that there's just you know four different characters that play differently um one of them is pretty cool though there's also a robot that's really good because he can double jump and also he's like shorter than the other people so he can run underneath a lot of bullets that the other characters would have to duck under and stuff um but it does yeah, sound I, like I, a very Konami game. I'm thinking it's it, it sounds a lot like Castlevania Three, actually. It's pretty. It, it's a it's a pretty cool game. Uh, I I really liked it. Um, 
But yeah, so so I really liked that one. I'm looking forward to Castlevania. But yeah, so this is kind of my introduction to Genesis. I don't really I don't really know a lot about uh the the games on it. I'll say I got one other recommendation mm. uh from a friend of mine and that is uh Gunstar Heroes. Um I know nothing about that game, but I've heard it is amazing from anyone who knows about it. Yeah, I watched uh, Popo, our buddy Popo, mm. play it for like five minutes, and it looked super, super great. You know, I was like, wow, this game looks amazing. And then uh, and then a good friend of mine uh, also just, you know, un... un what's, what's the word? <laughs> um, I'm sure... Tr- a good friend of mine recommended me the game without having been in that other conversation. It was one of those things where it just came up again, you know? Oh, he, you know, I should play this game. And I was like, damn, I just saw that and picked it up. And yeah, we'll, we'll check that out as well. It kind of looked like Contra from what I saw. It looked similar to Contra, but instead of different weapons dropping, uh, it was like you picked your weapons, I think. And also you picked two weapons and they combined you know, oh. so it was like, uh, so you, like you could have spread shot and homing. And if you had both of them, it did both. Right. But you could get like homing, homing. And then it was like double homing, you know, and stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, so yeah, it seems pretty cool. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. It's Gunstar Heroes. I've, I've watched like maybe five seconds of, but I, it looks pretty fun from what I've seen. I, I agree. Um, my, my problem is kind of, twofold in that when i was a kid the games i could afford were official u.s playstation magazine demo discs and that was it (laughs) so i didn't have a whole lot of games for the sega genesis as a kid what i had was um i had sonic the sonic the hedgehog 3 i had two games which are fantastic which are vector man platformer game it was kind of like a I've heard it referred to as uh, Sega's ripoff of Mega Man, but honestly, I I don't agree with it. Specifically because maybe like Mega Man X, because I haven't played that, and I know there's a little bit more platforming involved in that. But I would I would definitely say at least uh, it's it can stand on its own because Mega Man has different forms that he can take. Mega Man Vector Man has different forms that he can take uh, based based off of different power ups. Um, it's kind of like in how a shoot 'em up game goes you get different power ups that would like you know be maybe you have like a blast uh, a blast wave or maybe you're just shooting straight up orbs they all last just a temporary amount of time but like they, they're weapon upgrades but you can also do body upgrades where your vector like you're just a bunch of green balls animated into human form kind of like anthropomorphiz- anthropomorphization um but you can be like a buggy quote unquote like you turn into like this little car and uh, wait so he's like knack Knack? Yeah, where he's like made up of a bunch of little things. Uh yeah, but like I don't know who Knack <laughs> is. <laughs> Alright, go on. So you're the car. Yeah, you're Mr. DNA from Jurassic Park. <laughs> but like you can be a car, you can be a train, and this kind of coincides with like what boss you're fighting at the time. Um like there's a there's a boss section where like this big like I think his name is like Megaton or something. He's like this gigantic also orbot. They're called orbots. You're you're a robot with like floating balls essentially as your body. But he's like grabbing at this train bridge. Like he's gigantic and he's just swinging off it like a monkey bar while you're just trying to cross this bridge going to the next level and you have to jump or shoot and it's cool. It's different from the platforming you do in the main levels. 
Um, and then there's a, another game called a, a puzzle game, which is probably had a huge amount of influence on me as a gamer in general, which is called Columns. Um, a lot of people don't really care for Columns, and I was surprised at that because it's a actually a really fun puzzle game with a great soundtrack and a lot of replay, replayability and a good versus mode too. Um, probably one of the cheapest games you can buy on Sega, uh, but I would say. If I would say Columns is probably responsible for a ton of people uh, finding out that they love puzzle games, um, being competitive. It's so so. Imagine a, a cross hybrid between Tetris and Bejeweled. Does that make sense? You know how I actually have no idea what Bejeweled really is. So I've Bejeweled, only heard the name. Bejeweled is kind of like imagine you have a screen full of shit already, and you just okay, rotate yeah. shit around to make patterns and eliminate that way. Whereas Tetris, mm-hmm. you're actively trying to eliminate row by row in your actual column of, 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 of shit to get rid of. So in Bejeweled, are you trying to make like lines or like just connections of the same color? In Bejeweled, you are just trying to make the, the biggest area amount possible of a certain color gem. And then the that, biggest area, yeah, not like it, a line. You can do lines. You can do diagonals. I want to say no, not diagonals in Bejeweled. Mm. No, no diagonals, but um, horizontal, vertical, kinda... and uh, dropping as well. I want to say, yeah. so you can combo. Okay. Um, and then you can do that in uh, columns as well. The thing is, you get uh, you get three gems at every new column. I guess you can call it, uh, and you can change the order of those gems in this vertical line of just three gems that are falling. So you can change the order and then that way it's 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 kind of like Tetris, but it's still got the bejeweled aspect of moving the pieces within your piece to make it so you can actually create combos and eliminate that way and etc. Okay. It's, it's, it's pretty That kind of sounds like uh, Poyo Poyo. Uh, uh, Poyo Poyo is, uh, so I have very little experience with it, but it's also, it's the same thing as Dr. Mario, right? Uh, so in a little bit, yeah, in Poyo, it's like you, it's like Tetris where, where they're dropping and you can rotate them and stuff. Mm. And then, uh, but the, the, each thing that drops is two segments of maybe two different colors or maybe two of the same. And, uh, in the board, you want to make like connect four, you know, either in horizontally, vertically in a square, or like it can be diagonally connected as well. Not diagonally as in like, not touching but as in like it can be here and then up a square and then right a square and then up a square you know um yeah I, I was and just... yeah the whole idea is you want to match four and then the other ones will drop down and you want to get combos with that yeah i've i've played very little puyo puyo or or dr mario so i, I don't have a whole lot of experience with those but i have played a whole lot of uh super puzzle fighter 2 turbo but that's that's not a genesis game that's that's an arcade thing um, right right but Did you ever play Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine? No, but I heard it's the same thing. Same thing as Puyo yeah, Puyo. It, it's Yeah, it's just a reskin of it. That's why I was curious. I definitely want it, though, because it's Sonic-related. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I did actually play that when I was younger a bit as well. Wow. I thought, And I thought I was good at it. Oh, man. I thought I was good at Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine from when I was, like, a kid, you know? And then when I was, like, 22 or something, you know? Uh, someone was like playing a bunch of it 
and they but they were telling me like oh i've i've been playing dr robotnik's mean bee machine and uh and I, I can't beat the last boss and i was like oh dude i'm hella good at that game from when i was a kid i'll come over uh and that, well they invited me over right i didn't invite myself <laughs> okay uh, glad you specified so, yeah so i so i went over there and we played like head to head and oh my god they just just wiped the floor with me like 30 to nothing uh head to head on the game so it it turns out that i i was i was not good at it and uh <laughs> this is the pain know. of fighting games oh man mm -hmm. Well, we're going to talk about fighting games in a little bit, but for a second here, uh, your experience with Sega, does it end at Genesis? Uh, yeah, I never had a Dreamcast. Um, okay, I, okay I, I will say, when I was a kid, uh, my neighbors had a that other one. The Sega that Saturn? Was Saturn. They had a Saturn, and I played a lot of Daytona USA on it. That's awesome um, that you got that. I see. When I was a kid, I didn't even know the Sega Saturn existed. Uh, long story short, that's that's pretty common in the United States, unfortunately, because oh, did Sega of Japan piss off Sega of America, and it did not work out well for the retailers. But um, so my experience is actually surprisingly similar to yours in that i didn't have i didn't i didn't know the saturn existed uh i wanted a dreamcast but by the time i knew about dreamcast's existence ps2 had just released and um i think the sales figures at the time were speaking for themselves my for whatever reason my mom chose to get me a ps2 for christmas um instead of a dreamcast that year man what an awful life i lived you know <laughs> fuck everything about my childhood anyway uh, it was like, it it was kind of sad for me that I didn't like get to continue Sega, but from what I understood, Sega didn't really continue a couple of years after that because you know everything just started porting to the GameCube and 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 um uh, and Xbox and it was a it was a hard time to be a Sega fan. But in the early nineties, that's that's where I caught my stride and that's where I understood what a console game was. Um, and I think I actually experienced Sega Genesis before I experienced the NES and Super Nintendo. Hmm. But I will say this. Um, when I did play NES, I found it insanely good and very addictive to play the few games that I was able to play, namely uh, Track and Field, obviously Super Mario Bros. Um, and then uh, another big one for me was uh, uh, fucking... Uh, Damn it, Rygar. I was blown away by the by the graphics that looked like not that different from my Sega. I was like, you know, this is pretty damn good. I didn't have any idea at the time because I was too young. I didn't have any idea uh, idea at the time like what generation was what or well, oh, this is old. It was all just video games, you know. Uh, I went mm -hmm. to daycare and they had Nintendo. I was at my house. I had Sega, and I had fun on either one. But I I I'm, I was curious about your intro to Sega because I think. For the majority of people, most people didn't have <laughs> Sega at all. So it's cool to see the differences. It's like it's like one of those weird, um, what's it, uh, Gen Zers react to this video or something, except it's oh, someone yeah. I can relate to, actually. <laughs> I, I feel like we're still basically going to get that because, like, besides Contra Hardcore, I mean, I would say that I still haven't really dug into Sega because uh, because... 
I, I, I haven't like, I don't own any games for it until now. You know, mm, it was yeah. always just something that someone else had that I either played a little bit while I was there or I borrowed it from them for a minute, you know? Um, so yeah, now I finally own a couple Sega games and, and we get to, we get to play them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, I guess that's all I had to say about that. Did you, uh, did you want to talk about anything specific from your end this week? Well, I, I'm very interested to talk about fighting games with okay. you. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how much you uh, care about fighting games in general. I was curious. Like, so I know you're not a fighting game person, um, but if you were to get into them, let me ask, where would you start? What's got your eye the most? Uh, Guilty Gear, maybe, or Mortal Kombat. Like the the newer Mortal Kombat's look pretty cool, okay. or uh, also the newer Guilty Gears look pretty cool. If I played something older though, then probably just like Street Fighter Two. Yeah, Street Fighter Two is uh, is actually the thing that made me love my Genesis the most. Um, I had I had Street Fighter Two Champion Edition on Sega, and that was like. Aside from the the five minutes of Mortal Kombat I got to play at my daycare, that was my intro to fighting games. Um, I just lied. My intro to fighting games was uh, an earlier, like, mid-80s arcade game that my, day- my daycare, for some reason, had. It was a fucking awesome daycare, you really think about it. But anyway, uh, the actual fighting game experience I got with real mechanics involved in what a fighting game would eventually become to be known as was on Genesis. Um, and that's because Street Fighter 2 essentially defined so much for fighting games in terms of like what you can do uh, attack-wise, defense-wise, movement-based, even even down to character archetypes. Like Mortal Kombat back in the day um, is what everyone had their eye on. It was the thing that visually caught everyone's eye because, oh my God, first of all, those are real people I'm looking at. Uh, they're mm-hmm. and they're actually getting dismembered on my TV, <laughs> and mm-hmm. and the, depending on which Mortal Kombat game you play, when I blow him up, there's like thirty rib cages for some reason. <laughs> they just have oh, gibs yeah. all over the place. But and um, like back then, the photographs of a dude was like it looked like the best graphics you'd ever seen. Oh my know? god! Yeah. <laughs> Aside from like the one time, uh, this one kid. Uh, we'll call him Derek, uh, loaded up a game into the Super Nintendo called Power Rangers the Movie, that FMV game. I was like, <gasps> mind blown. Oh, I was like yeah, just watching yeah. shitty versions of the TV show. I was like, this is the best graphics ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but aside from that, agreed. Mortal Kombat, photorealistic, blood, gore, all this stuff. Enough to the point where, if we're talking about Sega here, Sega never got the blood censored out of Mortal Kombat yeah. 2. Or Mortal Kombat you 1. You did have to put in a code to get it, though, right? No. I think that was Mortal Kombat 1. Yeah. Or was it... Wait a second. Sega had what blood the I whole time. Then I guess it was in the Nintendo one, then, you had to put in a code to get the blood. I think but they I... actually color-swapped it uh, entirely. I think you'd have to you'd have to use a Game Genie to, to make that stuff red again. They, turned it in, they tried to describe okay. it as, like, sweat or spit. Right. <laughs> So I am 100% sure that in one of the games you had to put in a code in order to get blood. And so, and I want to say it was Genesis because I think the Nintendo one just didn't have it at all. Mortal Kombat 1 or 2? 
I think one, but I'm not positive. Because I only, I, I don't know if I ever, st- does does one exist on Genesis? I'm pretty sure it was only two. I can't remember. Okay, then it might have been, it might have been two then. I'm not sure. All I know, all, the only detail that I'm 100% on is putting in a code yeah. to get blood. So your interest uh, in fighting games initially is, <laughs> are two very insanely different games. Um, well, yeah. Mortal Kombat is, for for good or worse, Mortal Kombat is always going to be Mortal Kombat. It's always going to be a game where you have four attack buttons and a block button as well as your normal directional input. Um, it's going to be your high punch, low punch, high kick, low kick, and then block. Uh, and in you know later games they even added a run button, which uh, don't get don't even get me started, dude. The mechanics mm-hmm. of it are just not good when you comp- okay. If that if Mortal Kombat were the only fighting game, it'd be great. But at the same time, it was competing with Street Fighter Two, and Street Fighter Two introduced not only like complex. Okay, I'm gonna sound like a scrub when I when I say this because when I played original Mortal Kombat. The whole point was walk up to your enemy, do as many sweep kicks as you can, or just spam low punch a thousand times to just punch in the air a million times an hour, and then uh, hopefully you'll remember uh, a, a fatality at the end. There is actual, you know, real complex, you know, high-level gameplay to every fighting game. Mortal Kombat has it, um, and it's not that. But Street Fighter Two, mechanic-wise, just has un- it's just working on another level. So you got the six-button Genesis pad, which this is the reason to be a second person at the time. Is if you were into fighting games, this was where you went. If you uh, if you were like a hundred percent of the population and couldn't afford a Neo Geo AES to rent from some company that for some reason had it to rent, you had a six-button controller. You had medium punch, heavy punch, light punch, light kick, medium kick, heavy kick. You had all those in two rows, and they'd be like. You know that for, for already you got two more buttons than you do in Mortal Kombat. So like on its face value, there's already more complexity. The next level is there is uh, character archetypes. In Mortal Kombat, you have okay, well Sub Zero he has this ice move and he can freeze you, and then you're 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 stuck for you're stuck for two minutes with your thumb up your ass while he just does what he wants. Um, whatever. Scorpion has a spear. He's a little bit faster. Sub-Zero is a little bit slower. And then you have Liu Kang. He's got a fireball. You know, there, there's characters with little mechanics like that that make the character them as who they are. But Street Fighter is a little different in that it introduced archetypes like, okay, well, this character is what's known as a Shoto. Or this character is what's known as a charge character. Or this one is known as a grappler. So what I'm saying is like, it's kind of like a, a, a more complex game of rock, paper, scissors. Like one character archetype will be better against another and weak against another. Kind of pretty, pretty easy to understand. What it is mostly about is like when you're actually fighting, there's just, there's just another level of, okay, is he going to throw a fireball or is he going to do a wake-up dragon punch? A uh, dragon punch is essentially like... Uh, forward, down, forward, punch, or whatever, with, as a Shoto character, it's that jumping, spinning, uppercut move. It's something that doesn't really happen in Mortal Kombat, because in Mortal Kombat, they were kind of just going for outrageousness, I would say, as opposed to just how how do we make a game that, you know, has so much scalability in terms of uh, skill levels with different players. Um, 
Street Fighter is just basically, for all intents and purposes, working on another level. Um, I don't know how to put it better than that. <laughs> but it, Guilty Gear, I would say, is uh, is a game that is much more evolved from the Street Fighter school of of fighting game controls and whatnot, which you have. It's it's going to be that same kind of universe where you have those character archetypes, you have those. Um, different kind of special moves that they would have based off of that. But also, Guilty Gear is just a thousand times faster. And they also include what's known as um, air dashing, which you, you you figure you know what a dash is. Your character, you, you, you hit yeah. this way twice, you're going to run that way or hop that way. You'll get there faster as if you were just walking there. Uh, you can do that shit in the air in Guilty Gear. And in fact, you can fly all over the place. It's like, it's what's known as an anime fighter. Which is to say, mm-hmm. it's it's that kind of technicality. It, it's there, but it's more based around being pretty explodey, arcadey fun. Um, yeah, one thing I should say is that, like, I, I'm sure if I were to actually research fighting games a little bit more, I would probably find some obscure one that I actually would would like more than any of the others and it oh. would probably be some dumb anime bullshit i can help, I can help. <laughs> um like uh i i swear there was one called um i don't remember the name of it but it, it looked like it was really fast like like it reminded me a little bit more of smash bros the way that the characters were able to run and jump around and were the characters were a little bit smaller on the screen uh because they could just move around a lot faster you know and uh but it was still like the 2d um drawn sprites and stuff and i want to say it was either ps1 or ps2 but i think it was ps1 even Do you, and i we're not talking about guilty gear right no okay. no uh There's i a... want to say it's called arcana heart but i i don't i don't think that that's actually it i think that's just some other game that i have in my head i was going to say it could be uh dark stalkers or I mean, mm. do you remember like what so, what it looked like? Uh, it was super anime. Uh, the characters were like schoolgirls. Um, I'm pretty sure one of them like shot a bunch of bombs out of her or something, <laughs> or maybe missiles. Uh, like it was ridiculous. It sounds like uh, it would be. Uh, well, I know there's a game, there's a modern game now called Skullgirls, which is um, like well, a- that's an indie game, right? I don't know if I'd call it indie. It's it's pretty. It's pretty big, um, but I would say yeah. uh, if you're if you're talking about just straight up crazy anime fighters, I would think Darkstalkers is the first thing that's going to come to mind because I, I, everyone has probably seen the character Morrigan. Uh, yes, I yeah, know about Morrigan. That's what she's from. Uh, same as um, wow, how am I forgetting her name? Uh, the Cat Girl. I, th- I want to say it starts with an N, but yeah, that's that's Darkstalkers. It, it, just straight up nothing but anime girls though in a fighting game i'm not recalling one off the top of my head yeah and i think they were specifically like school students but anyway oh hang on so hang on. if you say it's school students is it rival schools i i, I don't know if it was a 3d <laughs> fighter um unfortunately like i'm not i don't think i'm gonna re- remember it if, okay. you, if you say the name uh, so it's dumb to even bring up, really. But the the point was that, like, I'm sure 
I'm sure there's some fighting game out there that I would like more than Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat or whatever, so I'm not even sure. But I, And honestly, like the real answer to the question, too, if I'm going to get fight into fighting games, I just would like to play Smash Bros, man. I just want to get better at Smash Bros. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that makes sense because, I, I mean, like I said, it, you being as into Amiibo and Nintendo stuff in general, I, I totally get it. And Smash Bros is really fun. Um, I just, man... I only love the first one on N64. Anything else, and I, it's just information overload for me. I can't focus on it enough. I die more to gravity than anything else. I just fall off the map all the time. Yeah, I mean, so how often do you play it just one-on-one? Never. Like, when you played it. See, that's the issue. When you get more than one-on-one in Smash Bros., it's an absolute clusterfuck, and no one knows what's going on. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but man, one-on-one, you know, with no items and stuff also, it's it's a... Oh, it, it's so good. I, I love the, that, yeah. the mechanics and, and everything with it. Um, love watching it, too. I... I it's one of those things, like, I don't watch a ton of it, but whenever I do, like, load up a stream uh, of that, then I end up just, like, sitting there watching it for way too long and don't do anything else. <laughs> um, but, because, yeah, I, you know, I love the characters, I love the mechanics and all that, and it's a, it's, a, it's a good time. But, yeah, as far as, like, so when I was talking about other fighting games, though, with, with Mortal Kombat, I kind of meant the newer Mortal Kombats, because I've played the older Mortal Kombats, and I know exactly what you're talking about as far as them being those games, you know. The newer ones seem super solid, though, and pretty smooth also. They are, um, and this is actually why I said, for, for better or worse, Mortal Kombat will always be Mortal Kombat, because it is still a game where the control s- scheme is basically the same as the original original um you have a couple more mechanics like x-ray moves and, and and obviously combos are now oh my god like combos weren't a thing for a long time until street fighter accidentally invented them um combos became a thing in mortal Kombat. i want to say they tried to implement them well they did them in three like ultimate mortal Kombat three but it was just kind of like oh well you just got two hits nice combo uh, it wasn't really like well, you can definitely get to the point where you can hit someone and then be done with them when they're dead, for sure. But, like, in in general, combos, I think, really came into play, uh, at least came into their own, I should say, in the 3D, uh, the 3D era for Mortal Kombat. But anyway, I digress. New Mortal Kombat is very polished in terms of how it used to be. Mortal Kombat 9 got me to buy a PS3. It is very good. The single-player... Uh, I'll get to single player in a second. But yes, yeah. NetherRealm games in general, Injustice, Mortal Kombat, um, namely Mortal Kombat 9, Mortal Kombat X. I haven't tried 11 yet. I'm still still boycotting it because they haven't put Reptile in it. Anyway. Wait, Reptile isn't in the new Mortal Kombat? Nope. And that's why I'm not buying it. <laughs> why not? Because he's a character which no one has ever cared about. <laughs> what? He yeah. was, uh, I remember him being my brother's main like uh, when we were game. younger and we played Mortal Kombat, you know, because of course I've played Mortal Kombat, right? When you know when I was younger and stuff, yeah. and uh, and I remember my brother being like, uh, he was like the one of our of our group of friends. I felt like that um that kind of like got the game, you know, and Which understood game? how to do more. I think mostly we played Trilogy, I want to okay, say. Good, Mortal Kombat good, yeah. Trilogy. Honestly, that um, is the best you can do. On PS1, best you can do in terms of early Mortal Kombat. That was my favorite shit ever to play as a kid. Yes. 
Yeah, and like I, I felt like he was the only one that grasped the idea of like the moves and when to use them and mm-hmm. stuff, as opposed to just kind of button mashing. And he kicked all our asses with reptile. Yeah, because reptiles, um, uh, reptiles, what's known uh, in in Mortal Kombat, it's easier to understand as reptile is known as a juggler. He's nowhere near as much of a juggler as a character like Rain is, um, but he's definitely. He's definitely focused around his force balls in certain games. Yeah. And you want to get those uppercuts in when you can because those are high damage. That's what he did to us. He did the fast ball and then he did the slow ball and we would bounce on both of them and then he'd uppercut <laughs> us and half our life was gone. Half of it was gone. Yep. Very simple. And that, that's actually a thing. Okay. So, God damn it. I could touch on so many subjects in fighting games, but Mortal Kombat, I, I, I generally credit. Uh, with my stunted growth in terms of how I learned to play fighting games because Mortal Kombat teaches you, specifically teaches you, keep them out of your space, use special moves, combo when you can. Um, that sounds like very basic knowledge to anyone who may understand what a fighting game is generally like, but like in Street Fighter, it's it's totally different. It's, yeah, you got fireballs. Yeah, you got special moves. But, like, that's not your focus by any means. Those are, like, your tools when you need to know, uh, when you need to put in the yeah, frame bullshit aside. They're not the focus. You want to make sure you're doing as much damage as you can, obviously. But you're going to do it in a way that is not focused around special attacks. You're going to do it in ways that are, like, say I'm Zangief. Because I'm, I'm a Zangief, man. I'm a, gra- I'm a grappler, grappler player. Um I'm going to focus on keeping the medium range between us very short. I want to be as close to you as I can because I'm going to have trouble dealing with you if I'm not right next to you. Um, I'm going to be doing everything I can to be doing command uh, grab inputs, which are, it's like a normal grab, except it it's like a special move as a grab, which I'm already going against my point of don't use special moves as your thing. But like that's that's Zangief's thing. He wants to get in close, and when he gets his hands on you, he's going to do a lot of fucking damage. Other characters will be like zoners. They're going to be the most frustrating people to deal with for me because I need to be close, and their specialty is keeping me at a distance. So they're going to be the, they're like the fireball heavy characters, the ones who have maybe a teleport move or such. Um, all things that Mortal Kombat has doesn't use them in the same way. New, the new Mortal Kombat, though, 9X specifically, they are sharp, they are fast, they are tight. Um, they can be a little dial-a-combo at times, which means, you know, input your buttons and, like, you know, 30 seconds later it'll play out. <laughs> um Little, little exaggerated there, but they can be that at times. But they're they're still very sharp, and I, I recommend them to anyone who wants to play fighting games in general because they're very fun. Um, it's all Mortal Kombat used to be. It's all the gore, the ridiculousness, all the visual things that would attract you to the, to that kind of series, but with yeah. actual competitiveness to it. But I will say, if you learn Nether Realm games, you're gonna be good at Nether Realm games. <laughs> yeah, totally. You're not going to be good uh, at anything else unless you're just very talented. Yeah, and I, I think that carries over to a lot of other genres as well. Like, I think what, a long time ago we were kind of talking about, um, I, I, I was comparing fighting games a bit to rhythm games mm. kind of being similar, where, like, you can get good at one and then you're really good at that one, you know? Uh, and maybe maybe it'll it'll give you like the mindset that will get you to be able to get good at another one a little bit faster, but you're still starting from square one 
when you go to another one, uh, you just kind of maybe learn a little bit faster because you know a little bit more what to expect. Um, maybe it's not yeah. like maybe it's not so much that like because what you just said makes sense for any game, right? You know, if I mm-hmm. get really good at Castlevania, well, uh, how good am I going to be at Mega Man? The answer, I can tell you from experience, is not good at all. I fucking suck at Mega Man. I couldn't even get past the first level after beating Castlevania. Um, but with fighting games, it, it's it's such a more focused experience. There's, I'll, I'll get onto this point next, but single player is generally not something a lot of people go for in fighting games anymore. It's all about, is it online? Does it have good rollback netcode? Does it have a good character selection? Are the characters quote-unquote balanced? All this sort of thing. Um, and then we're getting like bonuses elsewhere when it comes to story mode now, but... When it comes to the gameplay, when you suck at fighting games, it hurts a lot more than being bad at other games, I feel like. Because there is you and one other person. And it especially hurts worse when you're sitting right next to them. And it's like, if they're the kind of person that doesn't want to teach you how to get to their level, they're going to be the kind of person that is going to sit down with you roll you for like an hour straight you're gonna be pissed off you're gonna throw the controller away and they're gonna be happy because you got pissed off and it's not a good Mm -hmm. time but like when you when you think about it the scalability of uh like how damn I'm i'm struggling to get the words out of my head here but like the scalability of i'm bad at this game because i'm so good at this game and i focused all of my attention in this one I feel like it's a little harder to notice in fighting games because in fighting games, you're just the same thing every time. You're one person versus another person, generally. And uh, the differences are all going to be a lot more subtle in how the different mechanics play out. Like, maybe uh, in this game, this game has what's known as negative edge. Well, what does that mean? That means when I press a button, nothing happens. But I can hold that button as long as I want to. And when I let it go... Whatever I'm going to do at the time that uh, you know I have my D-pad inputs, whatever I'm doing at the time, that, that, that button's going to come through as a punch. So you can just punch and let it go, or you can hold it and then like just kind of let it cook a little bit. Um, that is something that is going to be an entirely that's, – that's a game changer, honestly. Street Fighter Four has that. And I don't think any other Street Fighters have that, except for the except, exception of five, where like a char- one character called Birdie has some negative edge style moves. But that's a character by character basis in a way that they they chose to make the character interesting, not overall unique to the game. Um, you see, struggling to grasp what you just described. What, what I'm saying is, fighting games are much more painful when you're bad at them because it's a much more simple experience than a lot yeah, of Yeah, specifically the negative edge thing. What do you oh, mean? Negative edge. Okay, so uh, heavy punch. I just I just throw that, uh, and, but I don't let it go. You press a button and you punch. Yeah, well, you press a button and nothing happens until you let the button go. Okay, why does that matter? So uh, when I walk up to you and I say, okay, I'm going to punch you, and then you go, all right, well, I'm going to block it. Well... What happens if instead of punching you, I just held it down and then kept my finger on that button and started uh-huh. fighting you with the other buttons with that one finger okay. pressed down? Now yeah. I've got uh, a cross-up or a mix-up I'm doing. High-low, 50-50. You're guessing what I'm going to do, trying to block what I can do. I'm going up and down, hitting you left, right. Uh, and then maybe maybe you get something off on me. 
maybe you maybe you find that I dropped a combo somewhere in there. And then all of a sudden, when you have the uh, the frame advantage and you're about to do a ta- an attack, say, if I have enough space and enough frames to work with, I can now do a quarter circle forward movement and now let that button go that I've been holding on to the whole time. And out comes uh-huh. a fireball, just like simple as hell. <laughs> What's the point of doing that instead of the, just pressing the button when you would have otherwise released it? To keep the opponent guessing. But why why is that how it controls though? Why wouldn't you just quarter circle forward and then press the button like always? So it, I, why did you have to hold it down for thirty seconds? Well, you don't have to hold it down, and holding it down right. offers no benefit other than the fact that you have to put in less inputs later. Does that make sense? Uh, you're, gonna, you're gonna get some out faster. I it sounds it just sounds like a pain in the ass to do the same exact thing as pressing a button, except instead you had to hold it and then release it. <laughs> And this There's is what no I'm, different. This is I what don't I'm get ta- it. Okay, so this is what I'm talking about when I'm saying it's a lot more focused on experience. This seems like such a minor detail, but when you actually get in the groove of how the game works, you'll kind of realize real fast, like, oh, shit, where did that come from? That was bullshit. <laughs> okay. Um, and then there's like... Uh, well, okay, I won't get into that, but what I was going to say next was uh, talking about single player in fighting games. Single player is the reason most people played games in general, like no matter what the genre. Um, and then you get fighting games, and single player all of a sudden is, well, now you have a two-player experience catered to be a one-person experience. So what you have in generally is like arcade ladders. You have like a, a whole bunch of people you fight in one area, and they get harder as they go. But... <sighs> Single player in fighting games is becoming a it's becoming a rare uh, occurrence, unfortunately, because of what I said earlier, where people are just more multiplayer focused now. Uh, in fact, I have I have I have fighting games that I love right now that I haven't even touched the single player on yet. But historically, single player games have been fantastic, and this is actually something I credit Mortal Kombat with. Uh, I only I I only got Mortal Kombat Nine. Because the story mode was so intricate. It looked like they redid the entire Mortal Kombat 1 through 3 storyline in all its beautiful ridiculousness that makes no sense to each other. Plot holes everywhere. It's just a big fun experience. And you're seeing it play out in one single contiguous game in one single story mode. And my god, it's just fantastic. And yeah, It's so- hard to find that now. So this one I actually know a little bit about Um, because one thing else that I wanted to say about Mortal Kombat 9 was I loved the redesigns of all the characters, you know, where like they gave all the ninjas a a different look instead of just being color swaps, you know, and hey, maybe they did that a long time ago, but I don't I, you know, I, I went straight from Mortal Kombat trilogy to Mortal Kombat 9. I didn't really see anything in between, you know, Uh, but. So yeah, so the story mode in that one is like um, there's a story happening with cutscenes, and then every once in a while it goes into a fight where you are this character, mm-hmm. you fight against this character, and when you win, the story progresses, and then the next time that a fight happens, maybe you're a different character, and there's another character, right? It kind of it's not like you, you you don't choose a character and then you play the story as them. Instead, Correct. it's like, here's the story, and at some point you're going to play as these characters fighting these characters as those fights happen in the story. And I thought that was really cool. Yes, yes. Um, it does a good job of doing... 
uh, putting you in the shoes of every character to like force you to kind of get an idea of what every character is going to play like. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would still say that there are not really true archetypes in, in Mortal Kombat, but Mortal Kombat has its own, has its own sort of thing where, like I said, uh, you know, juggler this, uh, this guy's a, every character is just a little bit more unique to other characters in general, um, in Mortal Kombat. But yeah, single player was good in Mortal Kombat 9. Mortal Kombat X, it, it followed along the same path. It did a really good job of doing that too. Um, and as far as I know, I think the Injustice games did that as well. Injustice being the uh, DC Comics version of uh, <laughs> essentially Mortal Kombat without the gore. It's just DC Comics with it. Um, very good games though. I, I do recommend those. But yeah, single player in other games is a lot more like... Uh, like um, Mr. Cole in our chat here saying with the arcade modes, we have games that you just, they're, they're meant, they're meant to be games that are in arcades, but like they're just ladders. They're not going to be complex stories. They're not going to be cutscenes. They're not going to be QTEs. They're going to be just solely focused on, do you have the skill? Do you have what it takes to get to the top? Because it's an arcade game. The, the whole point is to get as many quarters out of, <laughs> out of, out of your allowance that week as possible. So, um, they made it hard. They made it to where, ah, God damn it. And a lot of games did this, but my God, the, the, the computers that control single player mode, uh, opponents will do something a lot of the times just reading your inputs. The game just takes your inputs and the character goes, okay, this is exactly how to react to that. in um, 10 microseconds, <laughs> they have the answer to whatever you're going to do as soon as you're going to do it. And the way to, to curb that was just to slow the reaction time. So if you just sit there and def like, if you just play defensively, what's known as turtling in fighting games, the computer might actually, especially if you put no inputs in at all, the computer will actually just sit there freaking out for a second. Like the computer will do nothing. He'll like jump. He'll, he'll move forward. He'll move back. He'll do an attack or something, try and bait you. And then like, mm -hmm. he'll just, not do anything <laughs> just stand there and and maybe he'll try and approach and if you just do something as so simple as a light punch this is this is um i'm taking this from a friend of mine who this is his developed strategy and how to actually be good at fighting games versus play he learned how to play fighting games this way he he learned how to to be good fighting other people by freaking out cpus and and cheesing opponents till he gets to the end of the uh, end of the line you know um so yeah, you have you have the actual tailor-made single player experience and you have the arcade ladder which boring um and unfortunate too yeah. because like there's the a lot of like cutscenes like that cutscenes but just ending like ha you lost now I'm going to go do this you know little like cutesy little scenes that actually do explain the story of the game if you can get through it if you can get through it yeah and then the other kind, I think I already bitched about this a bunch on a previous episode, but uh, that Persona 4 fighting game is one that I've actually played. And that one did it like the worst, where it had a story like the Mortal Kombat has a story, but instead of doing it where you just watch the story and then you play the fights as they happen, instead it's like... You choose a character at the start, and every character has the exact same story. You're just that character instead. 
uh and you gotta yeah. listen to all the dialogue and all the same story beats and you know they just fight a couple different people throughout and it was super lame yeah that's god damn it so i'm i could use that as a segue into uh into the game i was going to talk about if you want to tonight yeah yeah so right we haven't mentioned tekken at all yeah um tekken 7 is a modern fighting game um not retro we don't talk about retro games on this this podcast. <laughs> um, it's it's okay. I'm gonna give praise to this game because it is actually the combat and it is very what I remember Tekken to be like. Um, my experience with Tekken, I only played Tekken two, um, and I had a demo disc for Tekken three as a kid. So we're talking about just straight up 3D area control. Um, where you're not going to have as much to work with, say, like in a Street Fighter game. You got a fireball, you got a Tatsumaki, you got a command grab, you got all this stuff. You'll have that stuff in Tekken. You won't have fireballs or anything like that. You'll have like a uh, complex. I would say the grab systems are definitely more complex. A, because you have two different kinds of like base grabs that are not directional um, as opposed to one. And you also have, uh, in Tekken specifically, you have the concept of this character is left-handed or this character is right-handed. So their attacks are going to be maybe a little bit more proficient from the square and X side versus the triangle and circle side. Triangle and circle being uh, uh, right, yeah, right punch, right kick, left punch, left, left kick being square and X. Um, so you have... You kind of have to figure out the character and what they're proficient at. And then you also have to go through, uh, in general, <sighs> archetype is not the right word because I wouldn't say Tekken has a whole lot of archetypes either, but they definitely have grapplers. They definitely have characters that, uh, <laughs> they definitely have Shotos now that uh, Tekken 7 has Akuma in it, which, okay, man, uh, Akuma's intro into Tekken 7 has is probably the coolest thing about that game. And and that's not even that's not talking about on Tekken 7. It's just that's how well done that was. Um Akuma if you don't know is uh was originally a hidden boss kind of character in Street Fighter. Um imagine like Ryu but faster, more aggressive, less health uh and a lot more higher higher he's a glass cannon kind of character. They put him in there. So if you like Street Fighter you can play a Street Fighter style character in 3D, and this is a great practice that I'm I'm, I'm so happy games are adopting more now. They're putting they're going into other character other other uh, IPs and then having guest starring characters in there. So like it's it's like hey, do you like Street Fighter? Well, maybe you'll like Tekken. Come try Tekken. Here's a Street Fighter character, you know, huh? huh? So I love that. Um, but here's the story mode. The story mode's fantastic. Do you um have you ever seen JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? No. Okay. Every time I hear about it, though, it sounds like something I need to see. Yeah. So, um, Jonathan Joestar. No, no, sorry. He's the first JoJo that's kind of the protagonist. Joseph Joestar, son of Jonathan Joestar. Once he gets older in season three, same voice actor as Heihachi Mishima, um, which is fucking fantastic because it's, it's, it's kind of hilarious to hear that character oh by the way same uh, same voice actor uh japanese voice actor for jet black in cowboy bebop um okay but yeah the the story focuses on uh the mishima storyline 
rather than the whole kind. Of, well, I guess Tekken's centered around the Mishima storyline, but this is one thing I didn't like. Um, it has the main storyline where imagine you're playing Mortal Kombat 9. That's the story mode you're used to. It's basically that where you have uh, a single narrative. It starts and it ends uh, at a certain point, and you, the story game, or the story takes you through and forces you to play different characters as you go to explain the events and what's happening, yada, yada. Um, and then what it does <laughs> is the majority of the game's characters, their story is just one, literally one-off fights, one-off fight missions. And uh, that's not that bad on its own. And uh, I, I thought it sounded pretty cool, actually, because I wanted to see uniqueness to everyone's story. What I got instead, though was um here is okay it, it 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 graphically already plays this out to you because here's one book this is the mishima storyline now here's the other book this is every other character so the mishima storyline starts off with two dots two dots per page or per, per line per page so the same book mirrors so there's two characters how's that tail by the way <laughs> there's two characters and um they are kind of like aligned against each other so to speak and the game artificially manipulates the story to be like oh i was gonna do this at this point in time why are you here you fucker i'm gonna kill you right now all right that's it that's the fight now once you play that thing as 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 character a Okay, well, now you want to know the story of character B. Why was he there? What's his motivation? What's, what's cool about this scene here? You go in there, and the universe changes. You're there for either a different reason, or you have a different side of the perspective of the narrative. But same, the same outcome is not going to happen. It's dependent on who wins the fight. So the story here changes based off of who wins the fight in two separate experiences of the same exact scene. So it's like, okay, well, I'm going to play King now because I love King. He's, he's the big muscle wrestler dude with the, with the panther head who like growls like a cat. Uh, he's versus Jack Seven. Jack Seven's the, this robot character. Uh, high damage output, kind of slower. Um, he, he beats him. Okay, cool. Here's a story. What is my motivation to play the other guy? <laughs> What's the motivation? Okay, uh, and the answer is humor they actually did a good job of making the the ending scenes funny as fuck but like in a very cutesy little insignificant to the story very final fantasy japanesey way of telling something uh cartoonish without being a cartoon i guess i could say yeah 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 um so the storyline the mainline mishima storyline um adequately arcadey easy enough to not take seriously um and and very dramatic and and honestly really cool to see uh rebuilt along all the years of the game's retelling um just like mortal kombat 9 but god damn it the rest of the game aside from the multiplayer is just like why bother like other games like street fighter will incentivize you like you get fight money which is just the game's in-game insanely overinflated in-game currency on how to unlock characters costumes art etc I haven't seen anything like that in Tekken yet. I haven't played it enough, but yeah, um, <laughs> it's 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 combat's good, but man, I I, I just hate the fact that story modes are kind of really dying. <laughs> in, yeah, in yeah. Fighting games. 
Yeah, well, it wasn't it Street Fighter Five where when it released, it didn't have a story mode. It didn't have a story and they, mode. Like, <laughs> they added it later. Like they were working on it, but then they released the game before they were done with it. Man, Street Fighter Five is just, oh uh, god! Street Fighter Five was nothing but a horror show from the very start, and it's a great game now. But it took a long time to get there. It yeah, is, yeah, yeah. And, and I see what they're doing. Um, the, Street Fighter Five came out kind of around the time uh, Killer Instinct came out. I want to say, which is the time where they the companies that are making these games really started to experiment with what they can do. Uh, people took it in a very negative, like, oh, this is just like another EA money grab kind of way uh, uh, of, of when KI released. And it was like, yeah, I think you got one character. You could, pl- you could download the game for free, but you could have yeah. one character. And it was like, okay, well, some people know what character <clears throat> they like. Th- this is actually straight from Ken Lobb, actually, the, 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 creator of of ki he was like some people like one character and they play that one character and we were trying to cater to those kinds of people where maybe they wanted to pay just like the the cheapest they could for a baseline story system and they got what they wanted and you know if they wanted more later than they could pay for it um nobody took it that way though they said Mm -hmm. what the fuck is this 10 percent done game being released for why is this happening but at the time, I think that was the first time anyone had ever done that. I, I think everyone at the time was used to a full-ass fighting game coming out. And this is, keep in mind, this is before, um, well, before this part in KI. This is before those day one patches were a thing where it's like, okay, well, we got a shitty game on day one. Okay, here comes the 12 terabyte patch on day two, you know. Uh, before all that. So people were just used to a whole-ass game coming out and then that. <laughs> So I guess yeah. Street Fighter saw, said that, and so maybe uh, maybe people just want to play online. What if we just give them no story mode? I, I don't know. I, it was not a good decision, in my opinion. But I say that, and I have yet to complete the story mode for Street Fighter Five. <laughs> you know, I I've never liked how Street Fighter Five looked. Um, because I I thought that Street Fighter Four had a really good, and I'm talking specifically art style. I thought that uh, Street Fighter Four had a really great art style. You know, it kind of it kind of looked like Street Fighter Two, but in 3D, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Five looks like Four, except they like airbrushed everybody. <laughs> like they yeah. airbrushed everybody's muscles and stuff to be more defined and all that. And, and they upped the contrast of all yeah. the color. Like the saturation is blown out. Yeah, so I always just think it's a very ugly game when I see it. it and is. I'm sorry to be so shallow, but like it's it's no, no, made no, me never interested in it at all. <laughs> hey man, I'm I'm gonna say this right now. Here's a here's a lukewarm take. Uh, because fighting games are such a focused experience where there's not much to them past the the. You're not going to miss the forest for the trees, is what I'm saying. When you mm-hmm. make those games look insanely beautiful and pretty and, like, God, just color exploding everywhere, in the 2D sprite CRT era, that shit was the bomb. That is that is what you wanted at all times because you wanted that visual overload. In the world of 3D games... Man, you got to work with a lot more depth perception. You got to work with a lot more resolution. And honestly, just taking the characters and making them seem just like high contrast, high saturation, color bleeding nightmares. You're right. It's ugly as fuck. Um, 
But you can actually take a look. And and Ken is the worst offender of all. Like Ken, his hair is stupid. His face is entirely different. Like it, it, there's no reason his face should look like that. He doesn't look like that in any other Street Fighter game face-wise. Um, Ken's hair looks so fucking stupid. But then if you look <laughs> at like a character release recently in season like even that like season three to season five, they're so refined. Like uh, this is this is always probably gonna be true, unfortunately. But like the the girls, the girl characters are gonna look more refined. They're gonna have ten times as many outfits, um, and they're gonna be fan service. They're gonna be side boob jizz, jiggle physics everything they're gonna have everything like that but at the same time if you look at the design of them there's so much more work put into them than the earlier characters so they, they've learned a lot from their mistakes i i can't fault them for that but i yeah mm, single meanwhile going away. yeah m- meanwhile um all of these arc system games ever since that guilty gear zerd I think was what it was yeah, called. I think, I think ever, it's pronounced Exard. I don't know how you really okay. pronounce it, though. But ever since that game where it was like, all right, so they're doing 3D, but they're going to make it look like it's hand-drawn 2D, you know, where where it loads up and it looks like one of those old older uh, Arc System games or what they've looked like to that point where the characters are these 2D, beautiful hand-drawn sprites that are big and gorgeous. Uh, but then you do like a special attack and all of a sudden the camera just like rotates a little bit to show a different angle. And you're like, wait, wait, wait a second, what? And then like the whole animation plays out and it still looks hand-drawn in 2d but you start to realize that it's actually 3d yeah they've just shaded it and done the frame rates and the smear frames and all that stuff in a way where it looks hand-drawn that shit is so cool yeah yeah exactly um are you talking so you're you're talking about the still the uh exard right like you're not talking about strive the newest game well, I think the every I, from what I've seen, other Arc System games ever since that yes. one have done the same thing. Like that Dragon say. Ball Z game did it. That uh, uh, what's that super weeby one this with game my right, waifu in it? This game right here, uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. that one. This is um, uh, so. This is actually like the lesser of it. Like most people would, I would say, say Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle or whatever is probably like. It's it, they're all Arxis games, um, and they're all doing exactly what you say. The the, the gorgeous three D backgrounds with uh, the two D sprites that just animate so well. That here's the coolest thing about but they're it. not two D sprites. Oh, that's wait. the thing. Well, okay, the, so I know I know what you're talking about. Yes, like the characters are three D modeled. Yep. they just make it look like they're hand-drawn so that then the camera moves and it turns out that they're actually 3D. It's incredible. Yeah. I, I Damn it. You know, I'm kind of mad I don't know enough about that to, to say anything about it, but I, I, I do know what you're talking about. There's a big difference in Marvel versus Capcom uh, 2, and or 3, rather, uh, and, and, and Street Fighter Alpha. No, no. Capcom versus SNK2, Dreamcast games. They needed that extra horsepower of, of what the Sega Naomi could do. Like the, the Neo Geo couldn't do this. It had these beautiful 3D backgrounds. Like fucking like trucks are like driving over here. A boat pulls over here and like lowers its like ladder or whatever. All 3D rendered. 
beautiful 2D sprites, purely 2D sprites. Um, but yes, these are different. These are not like you can see the pixel edge of your character. These are not like exactly what you mean. Um, and then there's another yeah. level of like the, things that look like they're 3D, but are actually 2D sprites, like uh, KOF 13 by SNK. Oh my God, they lost so much money because it didn't sell as well as it should have. But like they they put so much money and time and effort into the sprites of that game. I don't know. You could probably look it up now. But like if you saw the actual, if you saw like the the way that these sprites looked, there's just so much resolution to them that no game would have gotten that much detail in the 480p 480i era. Uh, scan lines, etc. It it wouldn't have mattered because there's the scan lines would have rendered the detail on these sprites you wouldn't have seen them. Um, they're that they're that high detailed and they're definitely 2D. But these, you're right, they feel 3D. Um, and I do, it's, it's kind of hard to say that I can recall a moment where I've seen that camera angle change because A, I don't play Grand Blue enough. I wish I did. Um, they really need to add rollback net code to that game. Holy shit. Uh, mm. <laughs> I, they, they have it, but for other games, wait, hang on, was... I can't remember if this one was not rollback or not. I think it was delay based. Anyway, it it I fighting games are so high action and in the moment that I don't know if I can like point to a time where I've gone, "Oh shit, hang on," where it just broke my focus because it's so fast paced. So, oh yeah, yeah. I think it, it's mostly noticeable with like the big special attacks or during like the winning animations and that kind of thing. Hmm. Uh but but mostly when yeah during yep. like the special attacks I feel like is when I see it. But yeah, the first time I saw it on Xard was like, oh my god, it, it it just felt like they reinvented fighting games. You know, yeah. I, I was so blown away by it. And I would say Guilty Gear Strive, the the one that's coming out soon. They've had two betas now. Um, it's 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 probably taking that concept to the extreme because they are. They definitely are 3D models, and when you watch video of them fighting, it's definitely 3D. But it's something, it's it's in the way that like they're shaded. It the the art yeah. itself, it's it's the, it's the shading and it's the low frame rate of yes. their animation. That's actually what I was going to say. Um, yeah. So you're playing a 60 frame rate game, and you want it count in fighting games. You want to make sure you have a hard lock at 60. Um, it, it's important for actually interpreting frame data when you're fighting, but the actual look of these games while like the backgrounds and everything will look fluid and, and like movement will look real. The animation is like you're watching anime. It's like at a frame rate of like 23 frames a second. So you're everything you're doing is coming out smooth, but the visual effect of it is makes it seem like you're watching an actual cartoon. It's, it's, yeah, and they even they even have like smear frames and stuff to yes. uh, for for like large motions. Yeah, so like that shit is three D modeled, but because they did it that way, it looks like they hand drew everything. It, uh, man, it's so cool. And actually, I can't remember. I'm I'm looking at the back here of uh, of this. I don't see an Unreal logo anywhere. I don't know if it's done in the Unreal Engine. I, don't think I, I would be kind of surprised if Arxis games were in unreal i don't think they are they aren't but uh they, i mean there are other fighting games that obviously are namely uh mortal Kombat. but you know mm. this too this is samurai showdown it's this is one of those games where uh instead of doing what we just talked about and and making it you know seem like it's 2d but it's 3d this is the game where they were just straight up like hey 
Mortal Kombat's doing like super good right now. Like it's like competitive wise, like stylistic wise, maybe that's a direction we should explore. They tried it for KOF uh, 14. It came out looking hideous. That is a really ugly game. Um, that Before that was 13, the beautiful sprite version. So KOF made a very poor transition to 3D, uh, or I should say 2.5D, because that's what I'd like to call it when it comes to like Mortal Kombat. I was like, oh my god, fucking love 3D graphics, but 2D, classic 2D fighting style, sign me in. Um, yeah. That's what they did for this, and they just straight up said, okay, we're going to see if we can try and make this old arcade game that has very cartoony graphics, very uh, you know strong saturated colors and such we're gonna see if we can turn that into full ass 3d and make it look good make it look like it translates right and in my opinion i don't think they've made a game that looks as good as samurai showdown yet uh at least from snk's perspective but like in terms of like full ass 3d um transition from a 2d series uh yeah samurai showdown has just done it the best in my opinion so the last time I heard Samurai Showdown, I feel like it was a Genesis game. Is it, that correct? Yeah, it, it got ported to Genesis. It's a it, it's SNK, so it was a Neo Geo game before it was anything else. Um, okay, but yeah, it it got SNES. Uh, Samurai Showdown was pretty popular. It got SNES Genesis. Um, I don't think it got PC Engine, but I do think it got another port. Um on another console as well. But none of them none of them is are going to be as good as the Neo Geo obviously. Mhm. So was that it though? Did they did they just bring it back 20 well, years later? No, no, no. It was uh, it, it, it I think it went to 5. It went from Sam Show 1 to 5 and then there was a couple different versions of 5. Uh there was 5 special I think is the most commonly played. A couple of years ago, someone had uncovered a previously unreleased version of Sam Show, and uh, they just—I think they released it as Five Perfect, the the ROM. But I don't know if anyone's actually had the legal rights to do anything with it. Like, if they could, uh, oh, oh my mm-hmm. god, dude! If they could take that game and like put it on, like you know, like. A, a, an EPROM programmer and put it on its own MVS cartridge and have that in a, like an, a real Neo Geo arcade cabinet. That would be sick. So what, what was Samurai Showdown five on then? Neo Geo. If they, all Neo Geo. So that was still okay. So there were a lot of them, but they were all old. See, this is the, yeah, this is the beautiful thing about Neo Geo was, uh, the hardware evolved with the cartridge. <laughs> you had all okay. your you had all your megs on your cartridge. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you could have the same hardware play vastly different, like beautiful kind of games. Uh, like, you know, we can speaking yeah. of that, we can circle back to Sega for a moment sure. in general. What was the deal with the Master System and how there's like the Mega cartridge and the four times Mega cartridges? Do you know what I'm talking about? I want to say I've seen the logo. Um, Their marketing was all over the place on their cases, but I I want to say I've seen that. Yeah, some of the Master System cartridges claim that they're mega cartridges, and then they even go up to like four times mega cartridges, and I don't know what that means. Uh, But let me tell you, okay, so as far as my experience with Sega goes, like four years ago... Five years ago, uh, a friend of mine sold me his Master System with like 20 or 30 games 
probably like 20 games That's i badass. think yes um and yeah i you know i was like all right here we go i got a cardboard box we got a master system and a whole bunch of games cool um i did i i played every one of them one day i popped every one of them in and just tried them out um i hated almost every one of them <laughs> they were trash video games with a garbage controller and i don't know why anyone would like the master system at all it seemed like a big pile of shit to me uh so i can't speak <laughs> for it because my intro to sega was the genesis um which I think is the case for most people in the United States, but in South America and Europe specifically, the master system did very well. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think better than in Japan. Um, so my biggest issue was the D pad, right? Yeah. Like, it's terrible. It, Cause the first game I played was alien syndrome and like that game seemed kind of cool, right? It like, it was all right, but the controls were terrible because of the D pad on the system. Do you know that game has just, a Wii port? Like not, I'm sorry, uh, not port, but we, we remake. It's, uh, no, I did not. Yeah. I, it's, it's a, it's a cheap little Sega game you can buy on Wii, but, um, alien syndrome was big enough to where back in the day, a, a big enough popular game where apparently they felt like reviving it. Yeah, it has an NES version also. It's a 10-gen game, so oh, okay. I I don't know if that means it's unlicensed. Uh, Probably I does. forget. I think I think 10-gen was unlicensed, but uh, but yeah, there is a 10-gen uh, Alien Syndrome game, which uh, on NES, which uh, controls a lot better and generally is a little bit better of a game. Um, but yeah. There were a couple other standouts, though. Like, there was a game called Cloudmaster that was like a shmup. Uh, that one was kind of cool. And then California Games was surprisingly kind of fun. Uh, you know, I, I had some fun California with a couple game? of them. Is that like a, is that like a track and field kind of thing? or? Yeah, with oh. like one of the games was like a Frisbee game, I feel like. I don't really remember the details, but it was kind of all right. But man, so many of the games were just like Garbo ports, you know? Like Space Harrier is on there, but it's just yeah. like a really terrible version of Dude, it. Dude, I don't think Space Harrier looks good on Genesis. Why did they think that was appropriate to port? That was... Yeah. I, I think... I, wait, hang on. If I'm not mistaken, I want to say the, the Master System Space Harrier was gimped enough to where it actually ran okay, but it still looked terrible. Yeah, like, um, all, like, the trees and stuff are, like, actual squares, you know, <laughs> with, like, a tree drawn in them and shit like that. Oh, okay, uh, okay, uh, uh, can I just tell, okay, so I had this weird dream once, and I have no idea where this mental image originated from, but I had a dream that I was in just playing some first-person shooter game, you know, I, I was the, the character. Uh, I have a flamethrower because, you know, the most imbalanced weapon you could possibly add to a first-person shooter game. Of course, I'm going to have it in my dream. I always wanted one. Uh, and I go to fire my flamethrower, and this weird Windows 95 error effect happens in that everything that would have been fire coming out of my flamethrower was replaced with you know when an image fails to load in Windows 98 or Windows 95, you just see that white little page icon with the fold oh, at the like top the, right corner and, and, an and X. with the frowny face on it? Or no, oh, no, it was a little red X. X. Yeah. Oh, imagine okay. imagine that without the top corner paper folded 
And the yeah. X is actually just a little icon of a flame. So okay. I had a bunch yeah, of like yeah. paper coming out with like it wasn't <laughs> it was digital paper coming out with fire tattooed on it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? So when you just said that, that just brought me straight to it. So I was like, when you see the wrong sprite in in a in a game, like a, a, a yeah. sprite that didn't have its uh, transparency layer rendered or something, I don't right. Know. <laughs> and so you can see the box, yeah, totally. Yeah, that yeah, that's like thing. what Space Harrier was. You could see that everything was a square, and uh, oh man, like I, I, one thing that I will admit though is like I didn't play these games a lot, you know. So yeah. maybe like it's one of those things where th- this is something that I I uh, come across a bit, which is that like um. It's harder to appreciate games when you get 20 of them at once, you know? Yes. Like oh, if man. I got one game at once, maybe I would have given each maybe I would have given it a couple hours and I would have found something that I liked about it. I would have gotten better at the controls and then maybe it would have started to feel better and that kind of thing. But I was playing through them pretty quickly, so that's maybe a, I missed a banger. Yeah, no, that's actually a great point. I've never even thought about that before because when you're a kid, Man, what kid gets a system in 20 games? Like, right. even the rich kids at Christmas, I feel like, weren't going to get a, a quarter of a whole library like that, you know? It's mm-hmm. it's it's something that, like, everyone had gone through. And it was like, you know, in, when you were a kid, you got a video game, and that's it. You got your video game. You had to yeah. find reasons to like it. And I, I wonder how different that is for a lot of kids now where, like, there are people who have big game collections that are having kids now. Those kids are going to get interested in games, and they have uh, they have 200 games to pick from, you know? Um, and, and I hate to sound wonder, like the boomer here, but these kids probably have smartphones now. How much lower is their attention span versus ours as kids? Well, yeah, that that kind of thing I'm not sure about uh, as far as like attention span goes. I I, I don't want to okay. uh, say that too much. Be- the reason is because when I was younger, my dad uh, specifically always like criticized how video games affected my attention span or so he thought, you know, everyone acted like video games were ruining my attention span. And I'm sitting here thinking, do you guys want to try a fucking battle in final fantasy tactics? (laughs) Like, can you guys sit down for 45 minutes and suss out this battle? Nah, like this shit requires attention. That's why detail. That's why I quit micromanagement for a long ass time, you know? So, uh, yeah, so I don't know uh, how much that affects kids now. If the new thing is bad for them, I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, yeah, but that, I, you know, I do wonder, though, if they have access to more games, how does that affect, you know, the way that they uh, perceive, you know, playing each one? Like everyone, you know, with Humble Bundles, you buy a Humble Bundle, you got 10 new games. Are you really going to put a decent amount of time into all 10 of them, you know? Tell you what. I think I can actually answer this now, now that I think about it, because my first ever video gaming intro ever, Game Boy, um, I got it, I guess because it was a mobile game thing, it was just cheaper, uh, but I got it with Super Mario Land, uh, Race Days, which is a two-in-one game, uh, Tetris, and Metroid 2 The Return of Samus, and Jurassic Park. I had five games. And mm-hmm. 
I'm going to say right now, I haven't beaten any, any one of them. Yeah. I yeah. didn't beat a single one of those. I just, I just had yeah. them and I played them until I was like, eh, fuck it. I'm going to go to this game now. And, uh, I, I know the, the other week I started to say something about like, uh, about emulation of, um, disc drives or whatever, what we were talking about. Like, uh, oh, you were talking, uh, you're talking about, uh, ODEs, optical disc yeah, emulators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's part of my thing with, with, um, with that kind of thing too, where like, I personally, and like don't get into that stuff yes. because I don't want to just have a text list of 2000 game titles. Um, I, I want to like individually appreciate each game a little bit more personally. You exactly. Know? Cause I, I've, everyone's been there when they look at steam, they just, I I've, I've doom scrolled mm-hmm. my steam library and exactly. said, fuck it and went to bed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't want that for, for what I'm actually putting all this passion into. Yeah, or like you know, when you if you have the the um, what's it called on Switch, they have like all the NES and SNES games that you can play, and even that is a pretty small library. Yeah. But even that, you load up and you're like, I don't fucking know. I guess I'll load up Demon's Crest and I'll play it for five minutes, and then when I die, I'm like, okay, I'll just pop back to the menu and pick a different game, you know, instead of like getting better, right? Yeah. Well, I will. I will say though, in the Switch's defense, with the with the classics, um. For some reason, it always has me. I'll I'll try something, go eh, whatever. But I always come back to Twinbee. It just oh, gets okay. me back yeah, to yeah. Twinbee every time, and I I want to play it over and over and over, and I get better at Twinbee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my little switch experience with that is that I loaded up uh, Star Tropics and played mm. it for you know like ten or fifteen minutes and went whoa, this is awesome. And then I got it on eBay and I bought a copy of Star Tropics and I'm playing it on my NES now. <laughs> yeah, well, also Star Tropics, that's, that's, that's way too many hours of a video game dedication for, for something that like, well, I mean, I guess it saves for you, so it's not, it's a moot point, but I was gonna say, it's a little bit too, like a lot of hours for a, a little quick session of, oh, let me get into a couple of retro games. What's in the Switch menu, you know? Yeah, I feel yeah. like Star Tropics is a little bit more of a commitment. Yeah, like Breath of Fire, uh, one of the Breath of Fires is on there, and and Final Fantasy six is is that on there? No, I'm not sure. I might be confusing it with the SNES Classic, but either way, long winded RPGs are on there also. Yeah. And and to go um, more to your point, I wanted to say that I, t- talking about um, Doom scrolling my Steam library, I I I have to say one of the things I really begrudgingly like about the way we do things with you know buying physical copies having them on a shelf etc is uh me going when i'm when i'm streaming say uh me going hey guys what if uh why don't i switch to this shit watch hold on a second and then i have to stop the stream i have to get out of my chair i have to go to my shelf i have to find the game that i hopefully sorted before and then Mm -hmm. pick it out Pull the disc out, yada yada. You know the rest of the game. Um, it's a lot like vinyl. Like it's pretty much the same exact case to be made with vinyl. Where yeah, I could just scroll iTunes and listen to music that way or stream it. But if I want to force myself to have an experience, I'm going to go to the shelf, pick off the record I want to listen to, put it on the actual, you know, remove the dust cover, remove the uh, the, the actual cloth. Put the thing on there, move the needle to it, make sure the preamp is on, all this yada yada. You're making sure you are present for uh, 
for what you want to enjoy. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Like it it's it's kind of funny just the right, the extra steps of setting up and making it more of an ordeal yeah. also puts you in the mindset to enjoy it now because you're giving it more attention. That's totally. Why, that's why I haven't bought a mister. Um I want a mm-hmm. mister, but I'm never gonna use a mister for what probably everyone else uses it for. I'm probably gonna use mister for just stop gaps. Like uh I really want to get into Commodore sixty four stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. most Commodore 64s are in real rough shape now. And if you find them the, in good shape, they, I, I've heard they tend to need a little bit of attention here and there. They just need TLC as time goes on. Uh, yeah. with a mister, I don't have, I don't have any connection to a, to a, to a Commodore 64. It's a, it's a bread box with a keyboard. Uh, I have a keyboard right here and it feels damn good to type on. So yeah, if I could have you know the computer experience the retro computer experience with with the they're even making a 486 core man you're gonna be able to play windows 95 or windows 98 duke nukem and shit on a mister it's gonna be oh awesome. yeah see that's pretty cool and like yeah and 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 you do bring up a really good point of like let's say i wanted to play like mr gimmick you know there's a game that's just like that that's that's one of those i don't know exactly how much it is but i want to say that's one of those like thousand dollar plus games you know for something like that it's like you know i i uh i can save the money and and play it on something like just everdrives yeah um and just and and you can still give yourself the experience of like really giving it your attention. You just got to do it, you know. Look up the manual online and give the manual a peruse, you know, and just just yeah. really make a point to appreciate it. I was going to say there's definitely a there's definitely a, a time period in which uh, manuals become pretty fucking important to be included yeah. with the games you find for sure too so that's that's another big part of the experience is just having to go what the fuck for two hours straight and then going to the book and then finding out on page seven because you weren't going to read page one through six but you're going to find page seven after you read page nine and ten but anyway you find page seven and you find out oh there's this thing i had to go back and get god damn it and you yeah, know, that's- yeah that was me with uh castlevania 2 i was stuck in that game for yeah. ever before i finally looked at the manual and it says oh the guy the fairy man at the river he takes you to a different place if you have different shit equipped and i was like oh my god that that's <laughs> what it was the yep. whole time is the manual tells you to do that cool that shit puts hair on your chest man i played castlevania 2 <laughs> by going i've heard this game is bullshit i'm gonna play through this just to get through the story because apparently the story is really all there is to that game so you know what whatever let me look up game facts real quick and then well, it took me, what, all of six hours to beat a game that it took uh, probably, you know, eight weeks, uh, a lot of ripped out hair, a lot of angry phone calls to Konami's, like, helpline with $4 oh, a yeah. min- minute charging. I'm not getting that hair on my chest, but I'm still, you know, <laughs> I'm experiencing it too. It, it took me a lot longer than six hours to beat, yeah, because I did it like, well, I did it quote-unquote blind, blind, you know, yeah. where like... A, you know, I, I didn't look anything up and I didn't know very much about the game, but I did know that at some point I was going to have to kneel in front of a wall for 10 seconds because everyone knows that, you know? Yeah. So that Spoiler part alert. of it, so, so that part of it was, uh, was spoiled and that's supposed to be like the hardest puzzle, right? 
Um, but yeah, for me, the hardest puzzles turned out to be a couple other things like, you know, just having to do the right thing at the fairy man. There were some red herrings in that game though. Yes, there Did were you... and also invisible floor, invisible holes in the floor. Everywhere. Oh yeah, you had to you had to throw a lot of holy water when you were in mm -hmm. the in the um castles and stuff. You know, I overall I thought Castlevania 2 was pretty fun. I I really liked it. Me too. Um, I did, but going I going to a I, I thought it was really cool for Castlevania to go to a system where where you actually went to towns and you talked to people because the story is really cool of like you know you're uh, going to Castlevania to go hunt Dracula and there's all these monsters and stuff so that's a cool world to be in as far as like talking to the people and what they say and that kind of stuff um, you yeah. know and buying a new better whip from a hidden vendor and stuff like that it was very immersive and very cool. Um, definitely yeah. felt like a, it had a lot more RPG-ness to it and I loved that about it but I definitely had the benefit of the doubt knowing that uh, it, it was it's already mistranslated so trying to follow the story along the blind way wouldn't have worked um, and I knew going in that there was lots of just bullshit left and right so I I think I probably got the very you and I probably have the the most uncommon experiences with that game where we just kind of like back in the day we didn't have all the suffering we went through to go through you know to beat it but it's 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 an interesting perspective now because I don't think anyone at the time ever expected people to be playing these games 30 years 40 years on yeah that that is funny to think about um and and now you know I I I I wonder a lot like uh, 30 years from now, like where will video games be? Will <sighs> hopefully you know. functioning? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. No more C bomb, hopefully. Um, but yeah, like you know, because the the whole paradigm could shift, right? Where it's like, what do you mean you play games on your TV? <laughs> you know, like it it could just be a totally different thing. <laughs> the way you uh, said that, the, what do you mean you play video games on your TV? <laughs> like as if it's coming from the old person who would be talking right. to kids. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't. I wasn't shit. I was just the way. It, it's just sounded funny, but um, mm -hmm. with. God, because where where could that go? I mean, VR is only getting better. Um, yeah, exactly. Wearables are only getting better. Uh, mm. But, man, you're not going to be able to bring a 7.1 Dolby Atmos system with you everywhere you go. At least not for the next... At least... Oh, God damn it. I guess I hesitate to say never, but... Uh, maybe we'll just get an implant and we won't need ears. <laughs> Right, right, yeah, and you know, um, as far as surround sound goes, I mean, headphones are getting better at doing like virtual surround sound and stuff, and then you can take seven point one surround sound with you. Yeah, I've never actually used that. Have you? Uh, not really. No, I've tried um, it. I, I, I've never had virtual surround. Like, yeah, I, 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 these these Sennheisers like... right here. Not to get too far into gear, have a, have a button. I, I told you this off stream before, but it has a button here that I'll hit. And it, what it does is it, quote-unquote, increases the soundstage by virtually taking the loudspeaker away from your ear and making it sound like you're more in the room with something. But really all it manages to do is sound really echoey and terrible, and I hate it. So. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I, I think one of the Sony headsets boasts about being like uh, having virtual surround. Um, I, I don't remember ever really getting all that into it. 
Uh, Returnal, though, talks a lot about 3D audio and how you're supposed to play that game with headphones. I never have, though. In fact, that game, most of the time I've Wait. been playing it, has been... Yeah? It says you should play with headphones. Does it say that yeah. assuming that you don't have a surround sound system, or would a surround sound system be a better experience? I... Th- uh, I guess I don't know. I think hmm. it wants, I think it assumes you don't have surround sound, okay. but they've like worked on their headphone technology to make it so that if you're wearing headphones, it's going to sound like you have surround yeah. sound. However, um, 95% of my time playing that game has been out of my shitty built-in monitor speakers. Oh no. <laughs> uh, because, because of how I just just because of how I play games right now uh, on my computer desk, where, like, my PC is the one that has my PC speakers connected to it, you know? And then, so that means that my HDMI from the PS5 to my other monitor, I'm just going to use those speakers because yeah. I'm listening to a Twitch stream or something out of the out of the computer, yeah, yeah, out of the PC speakers. I feel like you and I very much can relate on there being a thousand different things happening in our setups at, at any given point in time, and a lot of them may be unfinished. Yeah, 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 like, right, I'm never happy with my setup, yeah. you know. The, everything is always something that's meant to be temporary, but it's been there for three years before <laughs> I know it, you know. Yeah, pretty much. Totally. Yeah, I, I, uh, I have... I have a row of consoles here on like a cube shelf and then just my God, the world's worst fire hazard of all these power cables alone. Yes. But also video cables. I had to like wire this desk, uh, for power and power alone took like an hour. (laughs) One thing I can show the video users real quick here is that my PVM, uh, is actually sitting on, this is uh, like one of those like twenty dollar Amazon racks, yep. you know, uh, that you that you assemble. This was supposed to be temporary. Um, well, this racks hold there. a lot of weight, so I hope so because this thing is real heavy, and uh, yeah, it was supposed to be a temporary solution, but now it's just been on there for a long time, and I'm thinking, man, if this shitty rack collapses. <laughs> And like now my PVM crushes my consoles and stuff. <laughs> oh man, I'll be, I'll be devastated. Yeah, those those wire racks. I got one. Uh, it's bigger than that, and I got it f- to to put here to put all my consoles on. It turns out it's too big, and uh, it just it was a waste of space. Um, but it they they're rated to hold like I want to say like up to three hundred pounds per shelf. Actually, they're pretty awesome. Okay. All right. But, but um, all right. Let me ask this. How, okay. If you were to say in your setup, you had it the way that you wanted it ideally, what's, uh, what's the audio look like? Or do you just use headphones? Uh, so for streams, I just use headphones for everything all the time. Me too. I don't even, I actually don't even have speakers down here anymore. Mm. Um, and my, my PVM, I used to route the audio through so I could use that as the thing, but I actually started bypassing it because it's mono. And with the PC engine having stereo audio, now I don't want to downmix it anymore. So, oh, so now you, it by Yeah, I forgot you have, a, you have a mixer there. where you actually handle audio externally. Uh, I just pull audio mm-hmm. from my capture card, actually. Gotcha. I can't do that because there's a delay. 
how much of a delay? Too much. Oh, there's an imperceptible uh, delay on, like, I mean, you would not, sound is, you notice controller input, I use the Frame Meister in my setup currently, but uh, you, you notice controller input only if you look at the CRT and the, and the, and the, the direct capture pass through uh, side by side, and it's very small. Um, so my thinking was, okay, well, the controller I can notice, but the sound being that couple milliseconds, at, if even off, it wasn't never going to bother me. So it was just oh, okay. one whole headache I wanted to avoid. Yeah, for me, uh, I, maybe it's my capture card. Um, it is a USB capture card. Uh, but yeah, if I turn the sound monitoring on on OBS, uh, it, it's like it's less than a second, maybe less than half a second. But it's like a quarter of a second, I want to say. That's still a delay. lot. Yeah. yeah. That's still, you yeah, notice that. It's real bad. Um, and I've noticed, like, just with the way I play games, I've noticed that I use audio cues a lot. Like, uh, This is where I was like, going with that, actually. Um, I was going to say, yeah. audio is so important um, that that people seldom really kind of give it a whole lot of consideration. Uh, I'm a streamer too. So, you know, in, oh, also mostly the case is for me is because I use a, I'm at a desk anyway. Um, so it's very small area anyway. Uh, it wouldn't take a lot to get speakers sounding good in here, but I'd rather just because I'm, I'm a little hard at hearing. I'd rather be able to go full blast in my ears directly with a really good pair of headphones. Um, yep. but my goal is to do something that is going to be a little bit, anachronistic and probably just irrelevant for retro gaming which is to actually build a surround sound system but for retro mm-hmm. gaming i mean the most you really ever are going to get is stereo I don't, yeah was i mean P- ps2 wasn't capable of any more than stereo i don't think because it only outputs left and right audio uh I, yeah i don't recall let me grab something you definitely could get uh you know people use it to play movies at the time because of the dvd player but like dvds had surround sound at the time i thought right and it it has an optical out oh the slim uh, has an optic oh wait hang on does the wait does the ps2 have optical audio the fat ps2 i don't know about the fat one because i don't have one anymore but yeah the slim it has optical out for audio on it so i don't want to unplug mine here but i think just the slim has a mm, I'm gonna kill myself later if I if I get it wrong. It's gonna be I, I know it because I've had a, I've used a PS2 so many fucking times setting up in different setups. It's gotta have the fucking. Anyway, I think I bet PS2 I, does have surround sound. But I bet you, well, it's gotta. I don't have know. Some I don't know way, how much. You know? the, I don't know how much the games actually used it, but I I I think it does. Because movies had to get surround sound sometime. It couldn't have just been simulated surround with like a with the with the head unit itself at the time, right? It couldn't it couldn't have just been simulated. I do feel like yeah, it had surround. Anyway, you don't need surround for, for gaming. I, well, for retro gaming anyway. But mm-hmm. I kind of want it just to have it <laughs> for once well, it, it's interesting how much surround you can get out of two spe- uh, out of just left and right mm. if you do it right you know like uh when you um like you know left left to right gives you like an arc in front of you virtually right of where something is but then like you add a little reverb to it and now it sounds like it's behind you 
And then as far as the 3D sound that I was talking about with uh, Returnal um, or, or with the PS5, that even does something where it's like they uh, it, it, it pitches the audio up a little bit if it's above you and it pitches it down a little bit oh. if it's below you, which sounds really weird and sounds terrible. Sounds disorienting, yeah. But, like, when you listen to the example, if you go into the PS5 settings, it's like, hey, play around with it, you know, or set it to what you think sounds like it's right here. Um, and it's like a sound of running water. And when you change it to up and down, you can tell that it's really just pitching it, right? But it sounds like it's moving up and down, you know? Hmm. So if you consider, like, the panning... Plus, like, what you can do to make it sound behind you. I don't think it's actually reverb that makes it sound behind you. I think what they do is compress the highs and lows yeah. a little bit in the equalization, and that makes it sound like it's behind you. Uh, and then also wow. add in this up and down effect, and now with two speakers, it kind of sounds like you have surround sound. That's that's crazy. I've never even thought about that. I'm, I, I'm not big into audio engineering yet, but compressing highs and lows specifically so that they would produce like artifacting almost maybe not that bad but enough to where you can audibly hear the distortion making it sound it what when you put it in like one channel only left or right making it sound like it's actually behind you because it's kind of like the doppler effect but simulated does that make sense yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah that's that's a neat concept I never even thought about. Um, but yeah, man, I'm 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 starting to like really just kind of get into the idea of uh, room engineering um, a home theater audio setup for gaming specifically. And I don't know what percentage of my gaming is going to utilize it in a way that I care to even even hear it, let alone play it. But uh, it's going to be interesting. I just yeah. I was curious to see if you had a different kind of take, but it seems like we're both pretty strong into headphones for now, which Yeah, for for streaming totally. It's um, just so much easier to get really good quality that way too. Yeah, and like using the mixer to get it all easy and to make sure that I don't have to worry about things going back into my mic and all that kind of stuff, you know, it it ends up uh just being a lot easier that way. For sure. Uh we're uh we're at about the two hour mark. How you feeling? I'm feeling great. Cool. Feeling great about going on or uh, cutting off? <laughs> about cutting off. I think right, that man. was good. That's cool. Hey, for anyone who's been hanging around uh, in the uh, in the stream chat, we really appreciate you. This is our first stream direct to YouTube. So um, I know we have all of our episodes posted here, but this is the one we're first doing live on. So we're just going to play around with it, see if, uh, see if it's something we want to keep doing. Um, but yeah. yeah, it should heavily reduce our workload as far as like uh, getting them onto other platforms and stuff. Uh, like you, you know, we're it's Tuesday or wait, well, no, it's Wednesday because we 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 postponed. But uh, but yeah, it is that day, and I mean, this means that it should be uh, out there yeah. way sooner than the other ones have been. A lot yeah. less lag. So yeah, that's good. Kind of like it on YouTube. That's good to hear. Yeah, awesome. Well, yeah, we appreciate you guys hanging out. Uh, thanks for downloading and listening to this. If you're if you're if you're taking us in your car, in your bathroom, in your kitchen, wherever you may please, we uh, we are Invictus Knox and Dash Retro. You can find us all over the internet. Dash Retro uh, is uh, on Twitter and Twitch, and I'm on Instagram. Uh, fuck it, I'm on 
I'm on Twitter every everywhere. Everywhere where you can Google Invictus Knox, that's me. So uh, yeah. yeah, we'll uh, we'll, be, we'll be back next week if uh if you'll have us. See you then. See you guys. Peace.